Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five coaches poised for a breakout. Thought we'd uh, take a break from the you know, rigmarole of all the legal mumbo jumbo going on. And, Fine by me. Uh, you know, like we've talked enough about it or like, here's a problem. There's a problem. Just talk about some actual coaches. I think that are on the rise. And some of these, you know, I've talked about before, but, um, number five, John Sumrall uh, at Tulane. Now look, um, I, I, he's certainly a coach on the rise. Troy's been one of the better teams uh, in the Sun Belt as he's been the head coach there. He's a defensive genius, uh, really a guy who can do some things. And the reason I think he's poised for a breakout is he's, he's walking into a situation at Tulane where he is um, taking over Willie Fritz, who built a very solid foundation there. This isn't a Tulane team that's struggling and trying to find the next guy. They found the next guy in John Sumrall, who's stepping into a program that for all intents and purposes in the modern era, in spite of NIL and the transfer portal and losing coaches, is established as a winner, and he's able to sell that pretty easily. It's going to be his vision and not Willie Fritz's, but he steps into a really good uh, situation in the group of five with a program at Tulane who is um, trying to win as much as they can and is putting as many resources as they can behind it right now. Uh, and I would say in the next couple of years in the 12-team playoff that with John Sumrall, Tulane's poised to probably get one of those group of five that group of five spot uh yeah we'll see i mean just how the group of fives are treated but they would be as strong as candidate as anybody i mean given that a lot of the group of fives have been taken away mm-hmm. um i mean there's a bunch of them in the big 12 mm-hmm. uh now at this point that it would have been on that list but yeah i think uh Tulane certainly a spot that you lose willie fritz and you're like oh no uh who's gonna follow up what a great run that he had but i think john summerall is a uh, fantastic hire and i think if you're a Tulane fan that you're more than pleased with uh, what he's already done in his career and the potential that he has to come to new orleans and uh, further what uh, willie fritz was able to do uh, with all the noise that 
he made before heading uh, to Houston. So yeah, John Summerall, twenty three and four uh, in his career. He's got a couple of uh, conference championships, uh, win streaks, uh, big games. Uh, talented players uh and just a really well-run uh program there uh, at troy so um wasn't a, a long stint there but uh, made a big impact and enough that tulane was like all right here's our next guy to follow up the the last guy who was pretty daggum good so yeah i think john summerall was a, a great hire and certainly a name we'll be hearing a lot more of number four Jonathan Smith at Michigan State, uh, what he did at his alma mater, he's stepping into a place where he'll have a lot more resources and a lot less uh, off the, uh, you know, at least, you know, courtroom drama like Oregon State's going to have over the next couple of years to try to figure out where they are. Um, so, uh, but I, I just think I love what he does. I love him as an offensive mind. I love him as a quarterback coach. I just think that Michigan State hasn't really had a guy like this in there uh, in, in quite a while, like including Mark D'Antonio. Like he is someone who can modernize, you know, the parts of the Big Ten that have not yet uh, been modernized. And I do think that Michigan State made the absolute best hire they could have made. This is a great fit for them. Uh, and they may have maybe moved past their like back to back controversial coaches. Uh, and Jonathan Smith is someone I think will do very well uh, in the new Big Ten, uh, especially since he knows a lot about those schools that are coming in uh, to the to the Big Ten. I think that's uh, a nice little advantage for him, at least as he hits the ground running. Uh, and I just think the – I mean, I'm not going to say the sky's the limit for Michigan State, but they're a program that's won it at, at, at pretty high levels before, and I think they can do it again with more consistency with a guy who's maybe more in tune to the modern game than they've had. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jamel Tucker was a disaster when all was said and done. Uh, so interesting to see who he got tied up with there, you know, uh, and, and how he got tied up as far as just the, the whole way that unfolded and just what a mess that, that was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're you're Spartans fans, you're, you're so ready to turn the page, and I don't think you could be any happier about uh, the guy that you got. So, yeah, Jonathan Smith did a great job there in Corvallis. Um, he's going to have Aiden Childs joining him along the way as well. That's one thing I should have pointed out about Summerall is talk about Oregon, the state of Oregon quarterbacks. Uh, Summerall got Ty Thompson mm-hmm. uh, to, to join the, the, the fray down there in, in NOLA. But, um, yeah, I think Jonathan Smith with his creative offense, it was a lot of fun to watch um, at Oregon State. Loved what he, he did with Damian Martinez. Thought Damian Martinez would maybe follow him, and he's just a Texas guy, so I, I follow him pretty close. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great hire. Uh, I think easy choice for him ultimately. I know Oregon State fans are bummed, and there's ties and all that, but, I mean, the platform being larger, uh, more money, more security, bigger conference, all that, I mean, it seemed like a pretty um, – obvious step up for him and so he's got quite the challenge i mean michigan's better than it's it's been in 30 years right uh you've got other new minds like lincoln riley that's also entering the league so the big 10 itself mm-hmm. is in for an, an interesting influx uh, as far as offensive philosophies and just the the new booties on the block and so he'll be a fun addition for sure number three rhett lashley stepping into a power conference for however long it is a power conference but he has done really well at SMU. Ain't that going to be something like <laughs> if they get in there and then like a year later, the whole thing falls apart. For nearly know. like 35 years, they've been wanting this opportunity again. Yeah. As a university, as an institution, as a fan base. 
it's they've got big money people that that's what they want to spend their money on is right. SMU being good at sports again, particularly football, because they love it. And they miss the Pony Express days. They want it so bad. And then they finally found a way in the door. And then, you yeah. know, here's, well, you know, the rug might get pulled out from under them. That being said, uh, regardless of what happens with SMU and the conference around them, Rhett Lashley is a dude who I think is on the way up. I mean, he comes from the the Gus Malzahn tree. Uh, he's he's a really brilliant offensive mind. He's also been able to pair that with an effective defense and complementary football. Uh, he can recruit really, really well. Uh, and do I think he's going to be at SMU forever? No, no, I don't. I particularly think if that Arkansas job opens up in a year, yep. that that is who they're going to call. He is poised for a huge breakout, uh, not only at SMU, but career-wise. We've had it on the show a bunch of times. Love having Coach Lashley on the show. Really, really like his football mind and what he's doing and the way that he's approaching the the new era of college football and kind of just going at it with both barrels. This is a dude who I think has a very, very bright future wherever he is. And I, I kind of do hope it's at SMU for a while because I, you know, I like the idea of the story of SMU being a, a, a kind of a fun program again. But if it's not, if it's somewhere else like Arkansas, then watch out. Uh, Arkansas might become relevant again. Yeah, and I, I wasn't uh, trying to dunk on SME by any means. It's just uh, the odds of of finally getting into a power conference and then it being the situation where it is is just kind of wild. And so hopefully that works out in their favor. I will say there are a couple of fans that live up to the SMU fan stereotype so much that part of me doesn't want to see them succeed because they are so obnoxious. Uh, but... Rhett Lashley being on this show and having talked to him a few times does make me ultimately want to see them succeed for his sake and for the players on that roster and the the genuine uh, non-obnoxious SMU fans who uh, really just want to want to win again and who've uh, you know been through some really tough years ever since the the uh, the big blow up there in the eighties uh, and the death penalty and everything that's followed that so they've made their move. Uh, if you're an SMU fan, you've got to be super excited and rightfully so, and you got to be excited for a variety of reasons. Uh, playing in the ACC this year and beyond uh, looks like it's going to be a, a brilliant move. Uh, you're set up really well as far as talent goes and resources, and you're working on facilities and just everything seems to be kind of lining up for the big push. And uh, they are sitting there as well with one of the biggest pieces and a great head coach. So you went and won the conference last year. That was a great deal. Um, congratulations to them on that. How do they take it up a, a notch further, and how competitive can they be uh, in the ACC starting next year? Uh, that's that's a big mystery because we've seen teams like them take a little bit of an adjustment period. You know, maybe you got to fill out your offensive lines a little bit more, get more guys on the D lines, and so there's that kind of an adjustment. But uh, with NIL in play, and they've got big money backing them, I mean, you can go and fix a lot of problems a lot quicker than you could used to. But, yeah, he's a really good head coach. This won't be his last stop, but he, he can still stand to make a lot of noise there in Dallas and help keep up the uh, the return, I guess you could say, of, of SMU to the more proper ranks in the eyes of their fans. Number two. Eli Drinkwitz. Look, Mizzou just had a great year, and guess what? Uh, the boosters have rewarded uh, the program with as such. Uh, they're going to double down. I mean, Luther Burden uh, getting somebody to stay. Luther Burden is a dude that I guarantee you the vultures were circling when oh, he yeah. started playing as well as he did, and those same Mizzou boosters were sweating bullets like this big, thinking about like, oh, man, we have this guy who may be, and I do think the best 
all-around offensive player coming back in college football next year is, is Luther Burden. Uh, that's here at Mizzou. How do we make sure he's not at Ohio State or Bama or Georgia or somewhere else next season? Well, they've done that, uh, and Eli Drinkwitz, you know, kind of finally – you know, knock through the wall a little bit. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Brady Cook worked out for them. Uh, and But I do think Eli Drinkwitz really, really, really is someone you got to watch. Uh, and I think Mizzou, you know, like pushing all the chips to the middle of the table this year is going to be a fun watch in the SEC. Yeah, they should be. I mean, they had a really great year um, going winning 11 games. It's a big deal. It's been a little while since they were able to do that. Uh, it took a little while for him to get this thing operating at full cylinders. Got him to bowl games pretty quick, but I mean, to get to 11 wins, that's a, a significant jump, and it's a lot of it's the talent level that you talked about. I mean, Brady Cook and Luther Burden and so on and so forth. Um, they've got some stars on that roster, um, and yeah, how they follow up the, the Cotton Bowl Championship is going to be uh, fun to see because there are now uh, much bigger expectations than they've been at Missouri in a while. Like, they're there was a long time where I still I think about them kind of like I, I probably will think about Texas and Oklahoma to some extent of like you still kind of think but like they've been gone long enough now that I don't identify them with the Big Twelve at all. I have to almost remind myself sometimes that they were in the Big Twelve. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but yeah. um, they obviously made a splash early on, went straight to the conference championship game, and then after that, it's been kind of a kind of a, a trudge. And here they are, and a lot of momentum on their side, and, and we'll see what they can do with it because it's been their best opportunity to, to really make a lot of noise as they've had in, in several years. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing a great job there. Absolutely. And number one, Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. I, I think this is going to be an interesting year uh, for Notre Dame. I think Riley Leonard um, – is an upgrade over Sam Hartman, and you guys know how much uh, you know of a of a of a sports crush I had on Sam Hartman as an efficient quarterback, and, and that didn't end exactly how Notre Dame wanted it to. But I think as their foray, uh, you know, into the let's get a transfer quarterback every year goes, they have certainly upgraded. Now the problem for Notre Dame this year is just that they've got you know at A and M to start out, which I think they're better than A and M, but you never know, like you know, what Mike Elko's got going there. And it's hard to tell now with Portal and new coaches and the talent they have coming back year to year what A&M's going to be. Uh, they've got Louisville at home. They have um, Florida State at home. Uh, and they play USC on the road. So to get to that playoff level, they've got to beat some pretty good teams. And whether it's at home and the road, it's some tough places. But I do think with Riley Leonard there and some of the stuff that he's built around already and his defensive acumen and how tough Notre Dame is going to be uh, on that side of the ball, he is a guy who bears watching this year in that I would not be shocked to see in the first year of the 12-team playoff Marcus Freeman uh, have the Irish in there. All I want to know when it comes to Notre Dame is what Stephen A. Smith has to say. <laughs> Noted college football expert Stephen A. and Mad Dog. What, what, what fiery takes do they have on Notre Dame's place in college football? Saw that stupid video so many damn times yesterday. <laughs> but, no, he's, he's done a great job. And uh, they're, they're on a nice path, although the path, depending on who you talk to, is a little bit murky, right? I mean, with the automatic qualifiers in the, in the future playoffs, how exactly is that going to work for a Notre Dame? But as we pointed out, they, they had a major presence in the negotiations of the, the format and will continue to. And I, I guess most of the conversation surrounding them is, is going to be about their future alliance or their future independence and what all that looks like. But, man, he did not take over an easy gig by any means and got off to a very uh, rocky start initially. But he's righted the ship, and, uh, yeah, it seems like they've definitely uh, you know pegged the, the right guy. And uh, I, I like him. I, I think that uh, – 
you know, they're a fun team to watch that's got a long way to go, but I like his presence. I, I like the interviews that I've seen from him. I can see why guys want to play for him. And, um, man, that really started off and looked disastrous, I mean, initially. But uh, they've they've really um, done a great job in, in not making that be the case and, and turning that around pretty quick. So, yeah, I think Marcus Freeman's got a tremendous amount of upside and uh, a fun young coach to watch, and we'll see what he does with the Irish. They're not uh, the most – I guess, lovable program in the world. But it's it's really, for me at least, it's hard not to root for a guy like Marcus Freeman. Absolutely. I, I like Marcus Freeman. I think that he's he's one of those guys that a lot of coaches are going to model what they do after because he, he kind of gets – he knows how to talk to the youths. The the youths. He knows how to he knows how to like put the like he put his like put your preconceived notions about what you should say or what you could say and like what you do uh, aside and like he can put his, himself in anybody's world, I think. And mm-hmm. I think that, that is uh that's pretty impressive. And 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 look, the Notre Dame job for everybody who hates it, it, one of the toughest jobs in all of college sports is coaching football at Notre Dame because even though they haven't won a national title since 1988, uh, every Notre Dame fan wakes up in the morning and thinks it's January 1st, 1989 again. You know, Rudy's like still yeah, on like, the roster. Like, you know, they wake up and they're like, all right, okay, Rocky this Smile, what's next? Like, okay, yeah. that's, that's how it is in their head. So it is a very, very tough job because of the expectations. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for us today. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. All back in studio on Monday. Thanks to Craig, Garrett, uh, Jack, Emery, all of our guests, Pat and Grayson and Josh, all of you on the chat room and all of you who watch 365 Sports Tonight here on the C- or tonight on the CW, locally in Waco at 1030. We'll see you on Monday, everybody. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.